0: Thank you for listening to the Forefront Church podcast. We are a gospel-driven church in Southwest Denver. Our focus is to help people find their way back to God. We do this through loving people, loving others, so that we can change the world. This show is hosted by Drew Tarwater and I am Rob Blasi. Drew, how are you doing today, man? I'm great. Rob, how are you doing, man? I cannot complain. It's you know December. It's cold. I don't like the cold. So yeah, I'm complaining already like within the first 20 seconds of this. Yeah,
1: I am the same way. Yeah, you know, you give me 65 to about 85 and I'm it, I'm money. Oh. But you get down to this like 30-ish degree weather and and just I just need to go take oh. a vacation to Tahiti or somewhere, somewhere
0: warm. Like I feel bad I'm already complaining. It's like what was it No Wine Wednesday? Yeah, that's right. Oh.
1: Well, and we live in Denver, which it's 45 or 50 every day when the sun comes out, but yet we're still complaining because it's cold at night.
0: (sighs) Yeah. At least it's sunny out. We'll take that. That's right. I guess that's
1: what happens when you live at altitude.
0: So Drew, how is the weather good enough? Ooh, the weather (laughs) is is really
1: good. That is really good. Yeah, Rob, I'm excited for this topic tonight that we're going to talk about. You know, we've talked about kind of our goal of this podcast is to meet people where they are and then give them some tools to help them live out their walk with Jesus better to live yes. out their Christian life. And so we've been taking on some tough topics. And so I, I think this will be kind of a fun one tonight okay. to, to talk about a little bit. You know, I was reading some statistics. Uh, the Pew Research Center did a study and they interviewed almost 3000 people, uh, many of them Christians. And they asked, you know, what does it take to get to heaven? And really interesting stats. Um, 65% of those 3000 people interviewed said that many religions can lead you to heaven, which is interesting, mm-hmm. especially as we look and see what God's word has to say about it. And the, the study went further and they asked, well, what does it that will help determine whether or not God lets you in or not? Right. Mm-hmm. What's going to help determine whether you can have eternal life. And they said that 40%, so four out of 10 people said that it was either your actions or a combination of your actions and your faith that led to eternal life, that led to God allowing you to go to heaven. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about tonight this idea, okay, is is there a way for you to be good enough, right? Uh, How good is good enough for heaven? I feel like I'm being greeted. (laughs) You are going to be graded at the end of this, so oh. there's going to be a pop quiz. Oh
0: man! <laughs> so the, speaking of pop quizzes, I'm sort of derail here. We, I knew this guy he taught a law class back in Ohio, and he wasn't allowed to take attendance. Oh really? For some reason, like there's some, or it was it was just too hard, or to hmm. do rolls, just just I don't know, a couple hundred people in the class. Yeah. So he did random pop quizzes. Oh, nice! Because then he would get the name on everybody. So that's how he the, took he attendance. Didn't care what the score was. And so, um, he didn't want to. Was like. He told me, he's like, name the three Rice Krispie characters. Oh, really? And was like, snap, snap, crackle, and pop. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, and he started, he, and he goes, he goes, he goes, we're going to have a pop quiz. Name the third character in the Rice Krispies. Snap, crackle, and. Oh, wow. And, and I guarantee if, you a lot of people missed and, it. And like, fill out your answer for the pop quiz. <laughs> <laughs> just to sort of screw with people and his students. But he just wanted attendance. He just wanted to know who was there. That's too good. And so he, I mean, he got the answer he was looking for and the students were probably like, so Go. what you're saying
1: on Sunday mornings, instead of passing an attendance folder, which we don't do, oh, thank goodness. we should just take a pop quiz.
0: Have pop quizzes. How like, or pop survey. How yeah. interesting would that be on a Sunday That's, That would be interesting. What yeah. question would you ask? If you Ooh. could ask, what would you ask?
1: I'd say, what's your favorite Bible verse? And I'd have to have you recite it right there on the spot.
0: No, but like, like, like a, like a words, like say they could fill out a form. Like you, like you could hand out like a ballot. Oh. Like a survey. If you're going to do a legit, like two or three yeah. questions survey.
1: To two develop. or three questions. What, yeah. What would you want to ask? Oh, I think I could. I think it'd be great because it could help me decide future sermon series, right? Yeah. So, like, what is the biggest question about faith that you want to know? Yeah. What's your favorite book of the Bible? And what's your favorite casserole to bring to the potluck? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I got potluck on the mind. Jeez, someone get some food in this guy. I know. I know. It's late and I'm hungry. Yeah. No, Not too, a good combination. Too, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, it's good. Well, this will be fun to tack, tap, tackle this idea. Okay, is there a way for us to be good enough? Do our actions dictate the way that God feels about us? Because there's a growing theme and concept out there, Mm -hmm. especially amongst our youth. But I think, Rob, as you just survey the landscape and you ask people about faith and about heaven and hell, you, you see a very common theme. And this theme is that good people go to heaven when they die. Yeah, a few years ago there was a, a, a study done, and um, it was done by um, researchers at uh, University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and trust they were with looking the people North Carolina. <laughs> trust them. You trust you those Tar Heels? I trust. Right? Well, I trust people from North Carolina. Yeah, <laughs> and they were looking at religious beliefs held among teenagers, and they coined the new term, and it's been around for a few years now. But uh, the term has been coined moralistic therapeutic deism right? And here's what it says. It says that um, it, it believes that a God exists who created and ordered the world and watches over human life. That God wants people to be good, nice, and fair. That the central goal of life is to be happy, to feel good about yourself. That God does not need to really be involved in your life except when he's needed. And finally, that good people go to heaven when they die. And this is an interesting topic. Okay, yeah. This is really
0: interesting. You know, um, you know, my question is right off the bat. What's your question? Can you define good for
1: me? Ooh, you know what? We're going to get to that. Okay. That's good. That's a great question. Hold that question. Okay. You know, year, years ago, I uh, and we've talked about this, I had a really cool position. I was the outreach director yeah. at, at a great church in Kansas City. And one of the things that we did was, in addition to throwing really fun events and, and inviting the neighborhoods in and engaging the community, we would go out and just invite people to church Mm -hmm. and just talk to our neighbors and have discussions and all those kind of things. And it was really cool because we would ask people sometimes, you know, Hey, do you go to church? Yeah, I go to church. I go to such and such church. Cool. Um, you know, do you have a relationship with Jesus? And, you know, sometimes they'd say yes. Sometimes they would say no. And then sometimes we would even ask them like, you know, are you confident someday that you would be in heaven? And it was incredible how many people responded, yes, because I've been a pretty good person. And so this leads me to ask this question, where does that come from? Like this idea that if you're good enough, God's going to let you in. And it really comes down to your actions and not your belief,
0: you know? Yeah, no, I think it's the American way.
1: Yeah, it is. I think it's really a Western way of thinking, you know, because there's there's this logic, right? That there's this good God who lives in a good place and he reserves it for for good people. And if you survey like all of the world religions, you see a form of this. Yes. Right? Like so think of Islam. So in Islam, you have this idea of you have a good a good angel on one shoulder and a bad angel on the other and they're whispering in your ear, right? And if you do enough, if you listen to the good angel enough and you do more good than you do bad, then maybe God will let you in. But yeah. there's no guarantees. Right. You know, think of like Buddhism, right? Buddhism says that if you can achieve a certain level of enlightenment, right?
0: Yeah.
1: If you can achieve, if you can be good enough, right? Yep. If you can treat, you know, don't step on any bugs, right? Treat humanity good enough, then you can maybe make it to the afterlife. Attain enlightenment. Yeah, exactly. You know, you think of Hinduism, right? So if you do good enough here, good karma, next you'll be reincarnated into a higher being, into a higher being, into a higher being. Do worse, you're gonna someday be an insect, right? It's gonna okay. be on the, the rear of a camel. Yeah. So, you know, just literally, or, or a horse or whatever, right? Yep. So literally, these ideas exist, it's not just an American thing either, but it is the American way. So you wonder, where does this come from, and why do we think this way?
0: Because if we did, like, I it makes sense, if we feel like there's something wrong, And we did something wrong. We have to be a part of the fix. Right. that's what a lot of these religions, a lot of worldviews are, is where if if you're part of the, like, that's where Islam, for example, has a huge issue with Christianity. And a lot of these were going, you screwed up, you fix it. Right. Where in Christianity is like, we did screw up. Yep. But Jesus fixed it. But Jesus
1: fixed it. Yeah, Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, I think there's something and it's because of sin and this fallen nature of the world we live in. But inside of us we feel like we need to do something to earn God's love, right? Yeah, his favor. So we're like, man, I've just got to climb the ladder and if I can do enough, you know, God will love me and he'll he'll save me and I so I think just that that thought inside of our hearts lead us to we see it in world religions. We see it in this idea of moralistic therapeutic deism. I can even believe in God, but still, I add on top of that this fact that I have to work to get to earn His favor.
0: Yeah. Have yeah. you ever had like a bad week? And you're going, man, I really got to go to church yeah. this week to get thing, my 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 bad weeks. Too many of them. It feels it feels like a. Well, I mean, you have to go to church every week, <laughs> I guess. Or like it's like that punch card type. Mm-hmm. I better read my Bible for yeah. this oh, cuz I didn't read my Bible yesterday and I got a C on my paper right. or I did something I got yelled at by the boss.
1: Yeah, it's that good day mentality, good day bad day mentality. Yeah. Jerry Bridges talks about this in his book called Disciplines of Grace that we have this good day and bad day mentality. So when we have a really good day, we're like God loves me, God's going to use me. We have this really bad day and we think, "Oh no, God must hate me and he doesn't love me anymore, and so I've got to do something to earn his favor back. And so I, I think this is a real situation that a lot of people that hopefully are listening to this podcast or at different times in, in, in our lives and people we come across. It, it's a great reminder that it doesn't come down to being good. Mm-hmm. It comes down. It comes down to not my actions. It comes down to Jesus and what He did for us. Mm-hmm. So let just let's just kind of kind of play this out a little okay. bit. I think this can be kind of fun. So. So Rob, let me ask you this. Okay. So from a logical standpoint, we we like the idea of being of good because we in our minds think we can quantify it, right? I've done more good than bad today.
0: It's a math equation. It's right? a math equation. Yeah, it's like I I yeah. might have been a jerk to my brother, but I was nice to other people. Exactly. So kind of yeah, even out.
1: I so. opened the door for a lady at the store. Yep. Right. I did step on a on a bug, yeah. but opening the door was more good than killing that bug right right i think we also like it because it feels fair right we feel like it's an equal everybody likes fair. yeah yeah we like fair so we're like okay well god's gonna judge me based on how much good i do and he can judge the guy across the planet the same way yeah and how much good he does but there's a problem with that line of thinking and you brought that up just a minute ago what was that remember what you said
0: define good define
1: good that's the question.
0: Because like, like people ask that all the time. Like because the question, the big God question comes up. Go, yeah. How can a good God let bad things happen? Right. And so the question then is: Go in that question, like C. S. Lewis made. I think it was one that said it. I heard Robbie Zacharias say: like, what's the unintended question in the question?"
1: Yeah. or Well, right.
0: or, or, the, or the unintended statement inside the question. Right. Is that there's the, use the word good? So you maybe define yeah. good. Yeah. How or, do you define good? Or some people would say it would be good for you know a certain group of people to have you know, hardships and, you know, things like that. Cause in their mind, they've done evil. So they should be treated with evil. Right. Where, right. Where the, like a Islam faith is very much about justice mm-hmm. and they, you know, that's what they want. That's why they do a lot. You, yeah. When you understand that it makes a lot of their actions become very sensible. It does. It does.
1: And you say, okay, well, how do you define good? Yeah. Right. And you say, well, good would be something that in my mind seems morally right or morally appropriate. Yep. Right? So you could define good as morally correct. But here's the question. Yes. So in my conscience, I have this idea of what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And so do you. Correct. And from a biblical standpoint, the Bible does say that we have in Ecclesiastes 3, eternity written on our hearts. Mm-hmm. That in Romans 1, God's invisible attributes are seen. So God has written on the tablet of our heart, right and wrong. Yep. But the way we define that is based on your perception in many ways, or the perceptions of society. Yeah, You know, C.S. Lewis talks about that in mere Christianity, yep. about this idea that, you know, we have this law, this moral law written inside of our hearts that we can't explain, mm-hmm. yet we define it differently. Yep. So, Rob, if you are, let's, I'm just going to take, stay on a limb here. Let's Say you grew up in a, a family that believes in cannibalism.
0: Not really, but it, but it's, some it, might be able some to perceive might, but that. Like if, you grew, if you grew up in that and there's a culture of, yeah, if, you know, eating your neighbor was a somewhat normal thing.
1: Yeah. Then you could say within a certain, you know, a certain barrier, certain parameters that that's morally, morally right. That's culturally normal. Take somebody who maybe is very strong opinions about eating meat. So somebody who's a vegetarian or a vegan, right? And they feel that taking the life of an animal to eat their meat is morally wrong. Take, compare that to somebody who is a meat eater and they say, well, I think it's completely morally right. So, we have right and wrong written on our hearts mm-hmm. and I think we will all agree on certain things, right? Yeah. Taking a life, except unless you're a cannibal.
0: <laughs> you know, theft, lying, these kind of basic things. You know where I think a lot of this comes from? Where's that? So this is a thought process. Like I've, I've been watching The Truth Project. That the, the movie, the, the
1: book um, Lord of the Flies? No, Truth oh, okay. Project. Truth oh, Project. Truth, Project. Truth
0: Project. Truth Project. And so they talk about that there's three different spheres of just like the trilogy. There's three different spheres where you have, you know, you have, Say the church, the family, and the government. Or mm, yeah, and so usually what happens is people are upset with, say, this you know certain organization for not doing something that they think they should be doing, but they're looking at the wrong group. Like they're going, the, for example, like the government's not doing enough for the poor, so we should do this for the poor through the government. Where you're going it actually should be done through the church. Mm. It's really the church's responsibility. We should be upset with the church for not doing enough and how do we help the church do more for it? Because in God's design, that's who's supposed to take care of it. Yeah, it's interesting. And yeah. so you, you, it's kind of like, kinda like, they're, like you said, the moral law in their hearts, right? Yeah. But the perspective on how things should be done is, there, is like how you know the, the government isn't designed to do those right. things. Yeah. That's not what it's supposed to do. And like the government, we'll just keep picking on the government for a sense, but like they go... You know, the, you know, the family's broken. How can the government fix it? It's not the government's job to fix the family.
1: Yeah, so it's, yeah, you're exactly right. We've got this moral law written on our hearts, yet the way we perceive it and play it out and we, varies. And what we think the answer. Exactly. The, and that's exactly right, what we think the answer is. And so it gets back to that question you asked a minute ago. So how do we define good, right? Yep. And then how much good is required? So if you say, okay, God's going to base my eternal destination on how good I've been. Does that mean I'm good 51% of the time? I mean, that's more good than bad, right? Get me to the All Star game. At 51%, I've got major ownership in Microsoft, right? <sighs> is it 70%? You know, so and so and here's the next question then where do we go to find out what that is? Where yeah. do we go to find out what that percentage is? Yeah. Right, so I think as Christians we'll say, well, we go to the Bible to determine what God's standards are. Correct. Right, and so we think, okay, well, what does the Bible tell us about about how good we need to be? So, if I was going to ask you that point blank, what would you tell me to look? Not you specifically, but if you asked just a Christian on the street, hey, where would you tell me to look to find out what I need to do
0: to be good? They probably say the Bible or the Church. Yeah,
1: yeah. You say maybe the Ten Bible.
0: Commandments, right? Yeah. You might
1: say, yeah, the Ten Commandments. That's God gave us the Ten Commandments. We've made a big deal out of them. But what's interesting about the Ten Commandments is you don't really see anywhere where God says, "Okay, do half of these, all the time, and you're going to be fine," yeah. right? Right. Yeah. I mean, the whole point of the Ten Commandments really is just to show us that we need to put God first and that we need to to love our neighbor second, but to help us realize that we actually can't do all this on our own, it's to meant to point us to God. Mm-hmm. Um, so the 10 commandments aren't a standard because they just say, basically do these 10 things. And so if you mess up on one of them, which have you messed up on one? Maybe. Yeah, I think I've probably messed up on at least one.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, then, I, I've been counting since I mentioned. Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and number six, number eight, <laughs> here's the problem. Ooh, you get another one, you get a free toaster. I know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seven sometimes. Um, here's the problem, we've messed up on one. If it's a, an all or nothing, guess what? Pass-fail. We haven't been good. If it's pass-fail, we failed. You know, what? It, what's interesting is Paul talks about this in the book of Romans. He says that actually God's standard is perfection, which if you've told a fib once or twice, if you tell me right now that you never told a fib, you just told a fib, you failed, right? Right. You know, and so Paul's pretty strong. In yeah. Romans chapter 3 especially, he says in verse 10 that there's nobody righteous. Now, for me, when I hear that, I want to say, well, hold on, Paul. Yeah, I opened the door for that lady today. I've done these kind of things. But Paul is saying in God's eyes, there's nobody oh, righteous. Yeah. Because as he says in verse 23, we've all sinned and fallen short of, a, of God's glory. So it's this idea that if God is truly all
0: holy and perfect, yeah. that he can't look upon sin, right? That's the thing is when people do talk about good. The other thing they never want to talk about is, well, if there's good, there has to be sin. There has to be sin.
1: There has to be the flip side of the, the coin. Yeah. Right? So there's no way to look at the Bible and to say, okay, what God tells me is if I can do six of the 10 commandments all the time, then I'm going to be good. But rather, what we see is if you mess up on one, yeah. you've lost. So what we're seeing here, Rob, is that being good actually, what? Doesn't work. Because we can't know how much good exactly is needed.
0: I'm done being good then. <laughs>
1: You know, and it's interesting. So God doesn't give us this scorecard. It's either perfect or nothing. So then we say, okay, so that's what the Bible, you know, we see that in in, in the Old Testament. What does Jesus have to say? Yeah. Like surely Jesus is going to talk about this. Correct. Right. Well, what's interesting is Jesus also says the good people don't go to heaven. Right. Right. Which is really interesting. And you think about what did Jesus say to the Pharisees every time he saw them? He ripped on them. Right. For trying to act good.
0: They're looking good in people's eyes instead of God's eyes.
1: Yeah because they were seeking after after people's praise, right? It was yeah. all external. So, I you know, I think that just gets us back to this idea. So, Jesus says it's not about how you act, it's about your heart. You know, and, and I love the Sermon on the Mount, right? Yeah. Cuz he says, "Hey, if you look at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery with her." And we think like, "What? You know, I didn't do anything." But Jesus is saying, "Hey, did you look twice? If you look twice, well man, you broke the commandment." He said, if you're mad at your brother, then what did you do to him? You committed murder where? In your heart. That's right. And you're like, what? I just, you're mad at him for taking my, my guacamole toast. Come
0: on, brother. You know?
1: It had the really nice flaky sea salt oh. on top. The big Man, flakes always make the crunch. difference. <laughs> I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> but, you know, so we see this idea that it's not about the external. It's about the internal. So if being good doesn't get you right with God, what does? That's the question. Correct. And so I think what, what what I really want to just encourage those that are listening to this in the church is that this is the beauty of the gospel. That that the only thing that actually gets us right with God, it, it's not our actions, it's Jesus. Yeah. Because Jesus was good enough. In Romans five eight, Paul says that that God demonstrated his own love towards us when we were sinners because Christ died for us. Yeah. And then he says in Romans three, twenty four, that we're justified by faith. So God knows that we are broken and we can't be good enough and that we can't work our way to heaven. So Jesus came to bring heaven down to us, which I just love that. So it's all about faith. And you know, here's what's interesting is that Mm -hmm. Jesus says that good people don't go to heaven Mm -hmm. forgiven people go to heaven. Makes sense. Which is so cool.
0: Which is counter worldview to counter.
1: Yeah. It's the opposite of what the world teaches because our hearts struggle with that. Yeah. I feel like I got to do something myself. But Jesus is saying, man, I did it for you. Like Literally, all you have to do is trust me. And then by trusting me, you'll learn to live it out. It's beautifully simple, but yet it's mind-blowingly hard sometimes. But I think, Rob, when when at least in my case, I know this is true, when I finally was able to wrap my mind around it, it was so freeing because I'm no longer trying to be good so God will love me. I'm trying to be good because God already loves me. And so when I mess up, I know God's going to forgive me freely, but
0: I live to honor him and to do good. Because he first loved me, isn't there? There's a lot of tension in that when when you talk to Christians, where it's like, where obviously Paul says I forget the verse, like you know, you know, don't you know, because you know, with sinning you get grace, but don't like grace about. Yeah,
1: Paul says, well, should I just freely sin then? Yeah, he
0: says, may it never be. It's kind of fun, a fun way of saying, no, heck no. (laughs) 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 But it's one of those tensions where you just go. You know, we'll get, there's there's freedom in it where you don't have to be where you don't have to be like I don't have to worry about things I do, but right. I think as Christians we also forget sometimes when you proclaim it and you pub yeah. you publicly pro- proclaim Christ, to people right. in your office, at home, at school, wherever know yeah. that you're a Christian and their your actions reflect Christ even if when they're not reflecting Christ directly when you're sin right. when you're when you're not doing things the way you should be, people are looking. You're right. They are. And I think Rob,
1: it's a great point you brought up. And I think that should point us back to always looking internally. Yeah. Like Jesus says, it's the heart of the matter. Yeah. Because if we tend to work this out in one of two ways, we tend to either go one way, really strong to the left, which is all it. We get legalistic and we yeah. fall back into this trap of trying to be good. Yeah. Or we go the other way where we say, well, it doesn't matter how I live because Jesus already did it for me yeah so it's like they're they're you know think of an airplane right you have to have two wings to fly right and so on one side you got god's grace but the other side you still have to have our obedience to live it out if we're going to keep the plane in the air because if you take one of the wings away what happens
0: not gonna fly crash and burn you know this gives that tension where people were i think it's easy for christians then to also then judge another christian going Well, how can they claim Christ and act this way? Because I'm sure you've heard that before, right? And you're going, well, they claim Christ, but where are they at on their walk? Where are you at on your walk? Yep. And it's a very like, like they they may see things differently, and you know, just because they act that way doesn't. I always like I like asking the question when people say that, how could they act that way and be a Christian? I'm like, was there sin involved there? Yeah. And they go, and then they go, or is this a preference? Mm. And people are going. Then it's a harder question. It was like, well, they were rude. You know, they hurt my feelings. Well, it's hurting someone's feelings. Sinful. Right. Yeah. And I think it, you're, you're, man, you're hitting it on the head. It comes
1: back to this idea that it's a recognition that I myself am a sinner, right? Fallen from perfection. I can't be perfect on my own. i am been saved by God's grace. And when I can let that capture my heart, I can then treat others that same way. Yeah. Right? And, and show them grace. And we all know there's extra, there's people in our life that need a little EGR, right? A little oh, extra grace required. Extra grace. Okay. <laughs>
0: we all got some all, EGR. All these Christian acronyms. People in our lives, yeah.
1: <laughs> get that one tattooed on your wrist, right there. Oh, yeah, yeah right. I'm, I'm gonna show a little EGR today. But you know, I think when we can get our minds wrapped around this idea, it's not about being good. It's about Jesus. You know, I love. And we can kind of wrap it up with this. I love what Paul says in Ephesians 2. It's one of my favorite chapters. Okay. Ephesians 2, 8 and 10. Everybody go look it up later. He says that um, we've, been, we've been saved by grace. And that God, it, it's, it's, it's not about our works, right? It's, it's a gift of God, right? That's yeah. salvation. This salvation. God has given us this grace that saves us. And he does it. And the result of that is we've been saved to become his workmanship. Meaning, like, the good works that we do are a result of the fact that he has first saved us. So it doesn't matter how good we are. Jesus died for us on the cross. Yeah. And when we just place our faith in him, he then transforms us to live and be people that want to do good for him. It's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, We just got to get our minds wrapped around it first.
0: Yeah, How hard does it wrap your mind when like, you know there's like whatever the kid that picked on you, or even someone that you know that has done heinous evil in the minds of the world review and then mm. you go, Oh, I heard they came to know Christ. That's hard. And yeah. And they're like, oh, they deserve so yeah. much worse.
1: People will talk about like, what if Jeffrey Dahmer, right, got accepted. saved right before, accepted Jesus right before he died.
0: Yeah. Like what happens in those situations? Yeah. You're going, you know, as a human, you're going, he deserves, like, oh, he deserved it. He did so many bad things. But it's like, but if he accepted, yeah, you know, do you, How like probably goes like, how badly do you hate someone mm-hmm. that wished that they would go to hell? Like, yeah. If you, truly believe there is a hell an eternal separation from god yeah like whatever that hell looks like like how badly do you hate someone to go right i hope they go there right that's a it's a a, like a damning statement that is you
1: know and i think that's why we as christians need to remind ourselves of why jesus died for us every day to keep that perspective so we can say okay because of that i need to be forgiving and show grace
0: oh absolutely
1: you know Yeah, it's cool. Rob, it's fun. Fun to chat with you about that, man. Always fun. Well, hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you find yourself in Southwest Denver, we'd love to see you at Forefront Church. For more info, check us out at ForefrontChurch.tv. Thanks again for joining us here at the Forefront Church podcast, uh, where it is our mission to, um, to point people to Jesus. So we say, Jesus, be big in our lives, in our church, and in our world. God bless.